And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling Made and angry Hear that co-host shouting It's Dainer and Jay. All right, welcome into a special bonus edition of Hear That Podcast Growling, an off-season growler. Oh, it's rare. It's special. It is. It's like like seeing Bigfoot at the Mobile Airport. (laughs) You know? There there was nobody at the Mobile Airport when I flew home yesterday. Because my flight was delayed by three hours, so the kind of things I did to pass the time was count the people in the airport, and I came (laughs) up with 23. Um, I mean, there's there's seven gates. It's the tiniest little airport. Um, So, yeah, that was – sometimes in past years, I've flown out Thursday morning, and there's there's coaches and GMs, and everybody's fleeing Thursday morning. This was an afternoon flight, and that place was completely empty. Yeah, I, I've actually had success getting good FaceTime with coaches and GMs and stuff, mm-hmm. just hanging out at the airport on Thursday occasionally. Um, it's you can you, you never know where you're gonna, especially coming back to Cincinnati. It's like you get stuck on the same connector or something, you know. Right. Where you're in the same gate in Atlanta too, so yeah, it can it certainly could happen. Now I can imagine these days and this week in particular, not a lot of action. Not, and there's not usually a lot of action to Mobile, but uh, definitely not, definitely not this week. But Jay, you were just down there all week, so that's kind of why we're doing. The biggest reason we're doing this bonus uh, growler edition is uh, to kind of go through some of the things that were gleaned, some of the uh, activities and things that went down in Mobile. You know, you you talked to uh, a good contingent of everybody that was down there. Um, of course, your your Q and A with Zach Taylor is up on the site now. If people want to go uh, and read that, but you'll hear some more of the extras from Zach here in a little bit. Uh, first time Luana Rumo has talked uh, since sort of a, I'm not going to call it a controversial end of the season, but since it's being retained, since uh, mm-hmm. they decided to stick <clears throat> with them. So um, have that uh, conversation with uh, scouts, co- director of college scouting, Mike Potts, and director of pro scouting, Stephen Radicevich. Um, you know, always good to hear from those guys this time of year too of course you talked to others while you were down there but those are the three that that will pull out um busy week for you busy uh different um unique (laughs) it it used to be the haberdasher bar was where you would go to get facetime with the coaches and scouts hey now now. (laughs) put it out there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this year it was standing on the corner um i found out where they were doing the the COVID testing every morning. Oh, so look at you. Every w- Were you standing on the corner with binoculars, maybe? No, no, no binoculars. <laughs> uh, but it was actually, there was, it was the corner. It was equal distance. It was maybe about 20 yards from where they were doing the COVID testing and 20 yards the other way from the uh, the main coffee shop in 
Mobile. So I saw everybody. Um, that was the there was if people don't know, teams were only allowed to bring a contingent of of ten people. Um, so the Bengals and I don't I don't imagine any team brought a media relations person because they didn't expect a lot of media to be there. Now the the Dolphins and Panthers probably did because they were coaching in the game. So I was kind of on my own to try to line up these interviews, and it was it was a great way to just get to be able to see everybody and, and touch base with them and, and then line interviews up. And um, they, they, what was so odd about it, and you'll appreciate this because you've been on a lot of road trips, my first two nights in Mobile, I was asleep by 9 p.m. It was just – it was a ghost town. There was nothing going on. I had no interest in hanging out in bars anyhow because of COVID. Uh, you're sitting on your bed watching TV, and it just – it ends. That's that's not the way most most road trips go. Um, but yeah, busy days, uh, short nights, and happy to be back home. Oh, falling asleep at nine o'clock in a room by yourself sounds glorious. <laughs> Knowing that <laughs> no one's going to wake you up. Oh my goodness! You're you're talking you're talking about heaven, and you're in the Candlewood Suites with the DVDs. That's right. There's so much you could do. Uh, all right, so let's kind of what we're going to get. We're going to go through your interviews. We're going to talk a little bit about the players. Um, maybe some names to watch specific Bengals fits uh, that emerged a little bit uh, this week. And we got some Twitter questions from a few of you that we're going to tick through. Um, and then also super excited, you know, people that have that love degenerate corner in this week in Bengals or hear us do Bengals growler bets all the time. You know that we're going to be into this, but we have, Official betting vertical, a an entire portion of the athletic now dedicated to the betting game, and perhaps more importantly, a partnership with BetMGM now, uh, connected with all our odds. We we you know what, Jay? We have a direct line to any crazy odds that we want to try to drum up, and that should be exciting. It should, and it, as much as I like to come up with stats, I, I like we'll come up with some props too. And yes. speaking, I may have the most degenerate betting tip ever for you later in the show. <laughs> Boy, now that is a tease that I can get behind. It better not be a senior bowl bet. It is. That's oh. why it's. <laughs> I, I said degenerate. I mean, only degenerates bet on the senior bowl. That is lower than preseason football, right there. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, but anyway, so I'm excited about that uh, and the partnership that we can have with that. So we're going to do a special <clears throat> Bengals growler bet. This is going to be our last growler before the Super Bowl. So we're going to have a Bengals Super Bowl growler bet where you can win a growler of delicious 50 West beer if you get it right. And I think it's a fun one that will maybe maybe increase your enjoyment of the Super Bowl. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, all right, let's go through it. Let's start here at the top. Um, you know, you, you talk to these guys. It's a long week. Um, you know, not as hard as coaching the game, but because of the nature of the interviews and how everything was structured, you know, you, we'll start with sort of the, the scout's eye view. I mean, they interview every single player in this game, and they're all set up into these official windows. There's less of the uh, – but in the past, you know, Senior Bowl is very much a free-for-all, kind mm -hmm. of a grab, and, you know, there's a lot of jockeying for position and time. You know, here it's 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 now – it's structured. It's very – they, they set you up because you can't have overlaps and all that type of stuff. So they set you up to have these windows of 15 minutes time. And I think 
from the sounds of it, you know, in the interviews you had with Steven and Mike Potts, it, it felt a little bit maybe more effective and efficient. Um, to, a, to a degree, yes, um, because you do get everybody and it, it's it's slotted. It's it's 15 minutes. You know you're going to get every single player. The, the biggest part of it was this might be it. There, there may not be a combine. There may not be pro days. There, they've already said no visits. I mean, this might be the only chance that coaches and scouts have to talk to these players. Um, it's it's ideal in the fact that you get you get to talk to anybody you want because you get all of them. But just think about. I mean, anybody that has done hiring in the past. It, can you imagine doing sixteen interviews? Um, 15 minutes apart, you know, from 7 to 11. You've already had a long day, and that's how you end your day, with from 7 to 11 p.m. with a, a speed interview, 15 minutes, each guy, 16 of them. And now do that three more days in a row. Four straight nights they've done that. And, you know, Zach Taylor kind of joked where you, you, by the end of the, 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 the interviews from 7 to 8 are much different than the interviews from 10 to 11 because <laughs> the, 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 the players – are pretty much spent by that point. The the coaches and the and the scouts might be too, the ones doing the interviewing, but it's their job. Their their jobs depend on getting this right, so they they stay engaged. But these players, I mean, I mean, Zach had a great point. It's not like it's at the combine where they do all these interviews and then all they have to do the next day is just go get their medicals done and they're just getting tugged and pulled by doctors and that's it. No, these these players. Are they are doing interviews till 11, 11, 15, get back in the room 1130. They have to be up the next morning to go through meetings, position meetings, and then go out and practice. I mean, it's it's a it's a grind of a week for pretty much everybody down there, but it's it's all they've got right now. It, this is it's it it this is maybe the most important senior bowl ever because of the fact that it's it's probably gonna be the only time these people are gonna be able to the people in charge are gonna be able to talk to the players. And like last year, you know, you'll still have the ability to do zooms and calls, but that mm -hmm. they're limiting that time more so than they did last year. This year, whereas like last year, it was kind of made a big deal the fact that the Bengals were using all their time with Joe Burrow, and three hours a week. I wrote a whole story about you know the the amount of FaceTime, literally and figuratively, they were able to get with a lot of these players and keeping up with the, their targets and things like that, and, and checking in with them, and they can still do that. But the, the total amount of time is is not going to be as much this year. Yeah, last year they could do an hour, um, but not on consecutive days. So the Bengals basically did Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour for six weeks with Joe Burrow and got everything installed. I mean, it was it was ideal. Uh, this year they're limiting it to five one-hour sessions per prospect. So it, that's still a decent amount of time. But it's it's just it's not the same thing when when you don't have them in the building when you're not face to face um, you know any anytime you're you're trying to get a feel for a guy's personality and football knowledge and all that there's that that screen is a bit of a divider it's 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 not never going to be as good as being in person but it's better than not talking to them at all or talking over the phone right. Um one other element, you know, that's gonna that has made this year very different is opt outs, um, you know. And I thought that, that how teams handle that, how teams view that, um, is going to be interesting, particularly teams <laughs> that are picking fifth overall, mm -hmm. uh, because some of the most prominent opt outs 
certainly are the ones that will come from uh, the top of the draft. And so you know, you talk to Mike Potts and Steven Radicevich about it. Um, that's part of this conversation. I want to just bring some of the scouts' conversation on that and uh, in particular talking about view of opt-outs and things like that. You guys like the, not necessarily just the guys that are here, but the draft class in general, the way it hits you guys. I mean, it seems like there's there's quite a few edge rushers this year that maybe not the Chase Young elite. elite guys. Yeah, yeah but it's really players. deep. and I think there's pretty solid players all throughout. That would be interesting. probably got a better feel for those guys than I do. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's good players throughout it at every position, every, every level. But we're, we're still working through the uh, – I think we did a good job last year of marrying up the, the strengths of what we thought was in the pro free agency guys that we would target and then matching that up with the strengths of the draft. So that's still – I mean, we, we just officially last – or on uh, this past Friday got the official list of guys that are declaring early for the draft. So okay. We're, we'll still do another round of meetings on, on all those guys and have a little bit more clarity here in the next few weeks. Um, obviously, we've got you – know, we've been working on these guys all, all year, some of these guys – Two, three years, but so we've got a good idea. But as far as like you know, narrowing some things down and, and kind of clearing, clearing everything up, you know, exactly where the strengths and weaknesses and all that stuff are. Still, still a couple, a couple weeks before we have a solid, like, firm view on that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's something that we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to go through. But I think it's a strong class overall. Yeah, the the guys that opt out, is it a is that a ding on them at all, or just as if they would sit out a bowl game? Or it, it can not? be a ding if, we, if we're talking to them and we, and we find it's, it's uh, something that they were they were avoiding for whatever. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's case is different, so yeah. you, you can't put everybody in the same bucket. Um, we just want to want to find out what type of competitor we're getting if we if we take a guy like that. Um, but every some guys have more legit reasons than others, so. It's, it's it's clearly a, a question that needs to be answered, but you can't just put everybody, like I said, in the same bucket and be like, oh, we're absolutely not, you know, going to stay away from a guy like that. I mean, it's just, right. it makes it harder. It's a lot more a lot more stuff to, to weed through. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that's where the background on a lot of these things comes into play and, you know, finding out if they made it, you know, made the decisions for the right reason. If they really love football. And, um, so I think that's where we kind of spent a lot more focus on View of opt-outs is a very interesting element to this, and and I, you know, when when Mike sort of said, yeah, you know, there's a chance you do ding somebody if it's not for. Which, by the way, uh, this is a sad admission to me on the podcast, uh, but you know, I, I've watched a lot of The Bachelor uh, uh, and The Bachelorette, and uh, you know, Bachelor in Paradise, BIP, as it's known by those that are a little too intense with it, and. To hear the phrase "the right reasons" dropped in there, uh, really, it kind of it, it hit a cringe factor with me when I'm when I'm just like, oh my god, how am I watching this show? But because that's what you hear over and over and over again when trying to figure people out and and what their motivations are. Do they do they do make this decision for the right reasons? Are they here for the right reasons? And that was used about opt outs. Did you opt out for the right reasons? Right? And it just it struck me as it's it's like, oh my goodness, it's like. Are the, the the Bachelor and the Sports World? They're coming together. This is an awful development. They they came together a long time ago with Mike Renner joined PFF. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Mike we, it was in Mobile. He wasn't. Well, of course, I, he was. yes. Yeah. But yeah, the and it's it's not 
when, when you talk opt out, it's, it's not just the guys. And you, I thought you had a great point on Twitter where you said you're not going to hold it against a guy that, that opted out because his season was canceled. I mean, the Pac-10 wasn't going to play. The Big Ten wasn't going to play. It made sense for those guys to just shut it down and, and, and start going into draft prep. Um, but there's another class of opt-outs that are there. There is a handful of guys that that shut down their seasons early, that maybe their teams weren't playing well or for whatever reason, at some point in late November, December, they just shut it down and said, I'm going to start getting ready for the draft. Um, and, and there's also interesting i don't have the list here but there are a handful of players in the senior bowl who opted out they did not play their senior season but they are playing in the senior bowl so you Mm -hmm. you wonder what kind of look that is for these guys it is it's a lot to sift through and it's it's not something like pot said that you're not gonna you're not gonna immediately ding a guy but you're gonna look into it and it's gonna be part of the the evaluation you're gonna see if if he did do it for the right reasons it's it's a really interesting development because you're just you're judging guys in a very different way. And I want to actually this is a good crossover to something I read from Justin Williams the other day. And it was it was a totally separate topic. It was actually in relation to UC basketball, but I found it really interesting and fascinating. Um it, it was about the mental strain on these college athletes this year. And it, it's just these are different circumstances, and I really have a hard time. We we see it through this game and the lens of the game, and, and it's very much surface. But what's going on behind the scenes is really hard, particularly on college kids and these environments that they're put into. And I'm just going to read this. This is from John Brandon, UC basketball coach, who they you know they haven't played in forever. Uh, He says, I go back to the mental and emotional side of 18 to 22-year-olds. It's one thing to be isolated in your own house. It's another to be away from your family. Personally, I've really, really struggled from a big-picture standpoint. We're here to play basketball games and ultimately play for championships, but I struggle with the fact that young men are going through this in rooms by themselves. I pause myself as a head coach and think, okay, I'm a parent. How would I feel if my daughters were in the same situation? It makes you really check yourself a little bit and understand there's an emotional state to this, a mental state to this that we just can't pass off, can't just say, hey, when is the next Bearcats game? I know we're a distraction for many people out there. We provide an entertainment value that is extremely important to the lives of our fans. That responsibility is tremendous. We respect that and fight for that responsibility each and every day. But right now, it's just not about that. It's really about the health of the young men. And he's talking about the mental health. And that's what these so many of these football players, so when we talk about guys that maybe opted out at the end of a season, and people think, oh, you quit on your team. And I see people on Twitter, oh, they they quit on their team. I, you know, there is, and maybe they did. And again, if we get into that right reasons thing. But there is an incredible mental strain put on these athletes and what they had to go through. This is not like the NFL where it's their job and it was a very much a structure to it. I mean, the, you know, you're just, you're isolated in a room by yourself and you're just supposed to be on a bike and you're 20 years old. And like, there's, there's just a lot mentally that went on this season for college athletes, particularly when you were in some of these conferences, like, like the pack and the big 10 where, you know, there is. Are they even going to play? Is this what is the season? There's so much uncertainty. It's just, I really feel for like I, I have a hard time. I am giving all benefit of the benefit of the doubt, pretty much, to players that chose to opt out or their reasons behind them. Almost, 
almost a hundred percent. You know, it's, I have I have a hard time with giving uh, uh you know negative grades and anything to somebody who who opted out of stuff. Yeah, and because the, all that uncertainty, it it only got worse as the year went on. I mean, you, you you say these guys quit on their team, but they bust their butts all week in practice. They don't know if they're going to play on Saturday. How, how many games got canceled on Thursday or on Friday? Right. And and you know, Stephen had a great point about that that he quit traveling to to college games in the middle of last season because of that. Because he went to the West Coast to see three games, and he got to see one, and got the other two got canceled, and got a false positive COVID test that turned into this nightmare situation where he's waiting in line for two hours at Dodger stadium to, to get a second test. It was just, it was, it was not a good situation for anybody where you, you don't know if you're going to play, you don't know when the next game is going to be canceled. And that is, that is so taxing on, on anybody, but especially, you know, we forget we're so far removed from that age group, but for, for kids that age, um, it's it, it's really got to be trying, and you're right. I, you you just can't you can't blame them um, for, for for whatever decision they make. Um, but it's still like they said, it's something you still need to look into and and talk to the the other the coaches and maybe teammates and and other people and make sure that that it was done for those reasons for mental health for physical health reasons. Or you know. It, why put my, you know, in the case of Jamar Chase, Panay mm-hmm. Sewell, Rashawn Slater, so many of these guys at the top that we're talking about now with Bengals connections, um, what do you have to gain to put yourself through that? You know, you know, are you? I just think it's a different beast. I mean, the seasons looked like they were going to be a total mess. You didn't know if you were going to play. You just knew it was going to be insanely taxing and and all this stuff. Why put yourself through that when and all you can really do is hurt yourself. The season felt for a long time sort of like it, it was it didn't even matter. You know, I mean, it was just it felt very made up as we went through it. I mean, look at the playoffs. I mean, you got you know, mm-hmm. all the way that was decided. It was all of it felt illegitimate. And the only thing you're really risking is hurting you. In the particular, the case of guys who are going to be in top 10, Michael Parsons in there, too, you know. Is is for something bad to happen in a season that you didn't even know it was going to happen or be anything anyway. And, and I, I I just have I have no blame. But it's going to be curious to see if if you do see any falls connected with that stuff. I, I would hope not, but you know maybe you do. Um, a slight parallel. I mean, it, it kind of parallels to players sitting out bowl games if if it's a lesser bowl game. Um, and I haven't really noticed players getting dinged for that. And that's that's almost more of a quit on your team selfish decision than than putting health into the equation so yeah I, I i don't know we'll see we'll have to see how it plays out when in the draft but i i don't think teams by rule are gonna are gonna ding these guys for that but it does make it harder to evaluate guys mm-hmm. when they have not played in a year and a half exactly and that's really the challenge <clears throat> in this is is you're now at your you're maybe decreasing your own stock because you weren't able to increase your own stock and others did and, you know, so that, you know, what's something being used against right now? I mean, they don't have tape of him against a lot of elite pass rushers. Mm-hmm. They don't. And he could have had a year to go get some of that. Um, and does it matter inevitably? No, probably not. I mean, maybe maybe he gets drafted. A little, doesn't, it's not going to necessarily change who he's going to be as a pro. And 
his chance to make a whole lot of money, he's still going to go. I mean, people are still going to bet on it. And I still think you make the right decision in that way. But you know, it is going it is part of what's going to come into the conversation. It does make it more challenging for guys like Mike and Steven and the whole personnel staff to really evaluate. It just it makes it it's a little makes it a little bit more uh, challenging. But that's that's part of this year. Everything's a little more challenging right now. All right, let's just take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So we haven't really heard from Lou Anarumo um, since he was kept on. And any anything uh stick out to you from from that conversation in regards to how he sort of came away from last season um the 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 one thing that he's always harped on injuries and he says it's not an excuse but you, you do have to bring it into the equation the other thing was you know i asked him what the, the single thing that he needs to see improvement in next year and he said consistency and that's something that's I, I, w- I think we talked about this on a pod where I went back and forth over the, those final f- five, six games of the year. I went back and forth like, yeah, maybe he does deserve to come back. No, he doesn't deserve to come back. And it was because <clears throat> their their red zone defense would get really good for like three games in a row. And then it would just be awful for a game or two. And same with third down. It, pick any stat. They, they would show these these flashes of, OK, here comes the improvement they've been waiting for. And then it falls apart again. And. There's nothing coaches hate more than inconsistency. And, um, you know, I asked Lou about that, about is it is it frustrating that you couldn't establish the, the consistency or is there a little bit of uh, encouragement there that that you know it can be done, that you showed flashes, now it just is a matter of, of sustaining it. Um, and he said, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, that the, the thing is, it, it's so hard to – Last year they got all these new pieces and and you're trying to get everybody together and 
on the same page and you hear coaches say it all the time that defense is about 11 guys working in one and they didn't they didn't have the offseason they everything was shrunk down because of covid probably going to be the case again this year but at least this year coming up most of that core of the defense has been together with the coaches on the field that through through practices and training camp and in the season so I, I think there will be a little bit of a there'll be a little bit ahead this year than they were last year. And then the, the obvious thing that everybody on that staff is keeping their fingers crossed for is they don't have these rash of injuries. They actually get to see Trey Wayne's play and they, they get DJ reader for a full season. And, and I think those kind of, if just health alone would seem to indicate there's going to be some decent improvement and then it's on Lou and the scheme and, and everything else to, to get them even up closer to where they need to be to, to help this offense win games. Look, I mean, if you can't rush the passer up the middle, you're you're done in this league. <clears throat> you're done, and you're going to see inconsistency. And you're, and, and I think, you know, you you cannot. Uh, there is no team that was less effective than the Bengals rushing the passer up the middle. Mm-hmm. They got zilch out of their interior defensive line as far as pressures goes all year. I mean, all year. They had nobody. Nobody that got home from the interior really pushed the pocket. Mike, you know, you, you go go look at, you know, I, I was going through and you look at, because I'm, I'm looking through the free agents looking to see maybe where your bargains would be for interior pass rushers or the top and the bottom and the middle level of that, in particular through just pass rush productivity. And all the Bengals guys, there they are at the bottom of the list. All in the bottom 10 or 15 as far as pass rush productivity goes in the middle. Whether you're talking about Reader, Daniels, Xavier Williams, Christian Covington, everybody. (laughs) Everybody. It's hard not to improve if they go sign somebody. And so, you know, it's like when you don't do that, you can have Carl Lawson off the edge, who was one of the most productive edge rushers. You can have Sam Hubbard, who gave you plenty when he was healthy enough. But if you have nothing else, if you have nothing pushing the pocket and the quarterback can just move up every time, it doesn't matter. And, and I just, you know, so much of last year, so much of last year's defense comes back to the fact that they had no pass rush up the middle. And that was because Geno Atkins was a nothing. And they got nothing out of DJ Reader. Mike Daniels was in and out of time, but really didn't give you a ton as far as pass rush goes. And then a bunch of guys on the street. I mean, at some point, like that's to me, that's where things start and, and and end when you talk about, you know, consistency and the defense needing to be better and 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 injuries and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and Lou talked about that about how important it is to get younger at that position, and, and you know, you, you you're maybe not you're, well, you're probably not going to find a Geno Atkins in the fourth round again. But no. at least if you can you can get some sort of push and, and let a young guy develop and, and get better. Um, we, we've talked about offensive line, um, maybe cornerback, edge rusher, all depending on how free agent she shakes out. It, I don't know that they go out and get a big name three technique. I don't know they can afford that. So that that is going to be an area to target in the draft. And then it's going to be on – the, the new defensive line coach, Marion Hobby, and, and Lou to, to get that guy up to speed and develop him into to something that 
like you said, can can affect the the middle of the pass rush and, and push the pocket back and and let the the edges get there. How many times did Carl Lawson get there and he didn't finish? Part of it was on Carl and part of it was like you said, it was just very easy for the quarterback to step up and avoid him flying off the edge. Um I don't know. I do you think if things go south with those other positions, do you, do you think that they would target a a high dollar three technique and free agency? Well, I don't know about high dollar, and we'll just jump in. This is a Twitter question I was going to save for yesterday, and I only want to make sure I I wanted to save for later, but I want to make sure uh, I get his name. Baguette Disco sent this question in, (laughs) so I'm very excited about that. Um, But he said, how do you address interior defensive line? Covington and Daniels come back or draft a guy late? And a name that I've kind of become enamored with as a Bengals fit that would not be high dollar would be mate would be in that second third wave and I'll I'll even connect more to think Von Bell mm-hmm. guy who's around in a couple waves waves later from the New Orleans Saints is Sheldon Rankins um, who has dealt with some injuries had an Achilles injury had an MCL this past year in 2018 was great and he is went to Louisville he's a he was a number 12 overall pick. Um, he trains in the offseason in Indy. He's got that Midwest swing, if you will. <laughs> um, and you know, you can you could maybe bet on okay, the Achilles thing. He's finally now coming out of that Achilles injury. You know, he's still in his 20s. It's not like he's in his 30s coming off Achilles. Um, and even if he's the same level he was at last year, it's still a pretty significant upgrade. And you have a lot of upside of he has shown elite level play. But because of the injury stuff, you know, I think you could see him at the back end in a second, third type wave of free agency. That to me is the type of fit. I'm not saying it will be Rankins, but that to me, that is the type of guy then throwing a draft pick that you can start to turn the page and start to make something happen there without going $20 million for Leonard Williams, right? I mean, that's just pretty pie in the sky. So, you know, I think that has kind of been where I've, I've landed with that. You, you know, so then you have, maybe you bring Daniels back at the same type of level and you, you have reader and you have Rankins and you, and, and, and a draft pick and now, and you have Tupo and, and now you've got four or five guys, um, that Ronell Wren is a wild card, mm-hmm. and you've got four, five, six guys that you feel like you can develop and and believe in in there that could that could maybe get you going. Yeah, rankings isn't rankings is an in, interesting name because one thing Zach and a lot of the guys I talked to at the Senior Bowl, they they said everybody wants to know what the plan is right now, and you just don't know. Number one, they're they'll, they'll get into the the free agent stuff once they get this this week of the the senior bowl out of the way they'll get it more into the pro scouting of, of guys that are going to be available but you also don't know who who's going to get franchise tagged who's going to get re-signed by their own team and with rankins the saints are one of those teams that are in a mess with the salary cap and he, it it feels like he it that's a guy that you don't have to worry about maybe he gets retained that, that he is probably going to be out there on the market yeah sounds like he will be be out there yeah I've, you know, I've, Kat Terrell has a great piece. Anybody that's looking for uh, our old friend Kat, she had a great piece mm-hmm. on how the hell the 
Saints are going to do this, get out from their $100 million under the cap, and it goes into all those details, and Rankin's mentioned there's somebody who's who's going to be on the out. Uh, you know, highly recommend going in there. Again, another one of my favorite things about The Athletic, you can always go find it right there. We've got a, mm-hmm. uh, our, our New Orleans insider who has all the insight on that type of stuff and um, in, in a high detail. That – that's a name that sticks out to me, but and, and there's gonna there's gonna be two or three different types of guys like that that I think you could keep in that you can keep an eye on. To me, that's the half measure of fixing that if you are investing in the offensive line and all other stuff. I'm not gonna go down that road right now on a growler. So let's let's keep rolling. Let's let's bring in some of the conversation with Lou just for people to hear from him again and get a little bit of his thoughts on a number of different topics. So here's a, here's Jay at the Senior Bowl with Lou. The assumption is, and you mentioned it yesterday too, pass rushers and, and guys yeah. that can cover. Yep. Um, I know they're both important. Is there one that is maybe even just a little bit more important in your mind than the other that you um, have to prioritize? No, I think they're they're equally uh, important for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we've we're in a situation where I think if we can upgrade both those positions, um, certainly want to, you know, finally get Trey Wayne's out there, see yeah. what he can do, and hopefully things work out with Will. We'll see how that goes, you know. Um, and then, uh, you know, Carl Lawson's a free agent, so you, 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 we all know how those things go. Mm-hmm. You, you just don't know. But so, I think to us, they're both uh, fairly uh, going to be impactful p- positions that we uh, uh, add guys to this year. Mm-hmm. You, you confident you guys will be able to keep at least one of those two guys? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope so. You know, uh, I had good exit interviews with both guys, and, um, you know, it's, it seemed to – but, again, this is free agency, and you never know what happens, yeah. you know. So with, as far as the rest of the free agent class, mm-hmm. is there one that looks like there's going to be more available edge rushers or more available corners? Well, there's there'll be guys available. Uh, appears to be maybe a, a tad more rushers. Mm-hmm. But the whole league wants corners and rushers, you know, right. and that's just the way it is. Um, some teams maybe a little less than others, but uh, for the most part, that's that's a premium position for each defensive team in the league. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But we'll, we'll we're, we got a good head start on things. We know, you know, tar- trying to target some guys that we like, and you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's tough that you guys have needs at both premium positions, but it, it kind of hits you guys well. You guys. With the, where you're at salary cap wise, mm-hmm. you're in much better position than a lot of other teams. Are there? You feel like there's some bargains to be had out there, maybe in that second and third wave of free agency. I think you can always, you know, if you get the guys that fit your niche, and and um, you know, you can always find a guy on that, like you just mentioned, the the second day, third day, second wave, whatever uh, of it. But uh, you know, there, there's always value guys out there that can come in and do a good job for you. Mm-hmm. The, the previous regime, I, I think coaches and, and organizationally, they, they really like the, the, the big, long defensive yeah. ends. Did sure. you, you have an ideal yeah. I mean, I, for it? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny. They come in such different um, shapes and sizes, right? Think yeah. about it this way. If you, if you wanted to draw them up as a prototype guy, yeah, you'd be 6'4 plus. 270 plus with 34 inch arms, you know, boy, that'd be running fast as a wind. That'd be the prototype guy. Um, but, but again, they come in all shapes and sizes. You look at a Vaughn Miller, you look at a Shaq Barrett, you look at, uh, compare those guys to, uh, Matthew Judon or, you know, JJ uh, Watt, these other big, and JJ's more of an inside guy, but, uh, you know, the outside perimeter guys, they could be a little bit undersized as long as they can rush, rush the quarterback. But, 
you'd rather have a guy that, that, that can not only rush, but hold the edge as well. So generally speaking, the bigger you are, the better you are. So. How did Carl do this year in terms of that holding the edge and yeah. you know, three? three I thought he, yeah, I thought he improved uh, over last year. I thought he took strides, and I, I thought he did a good job for us. So he just kept getting better as the year went on. Yeah. And Sam's really good at that. Yeah, Sam's one of the better guys in the league yeah. uh, in the run game, and and just uh, his mindset, his overall toughness, and again, he's got the size and strength to do it. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about edge rushers, but I would imagine getting a quality three technique regardless of what happens with Gino yeah is top of your list yeah I think you always want to get younger you know Mm -hmm. um and guide uh if you can provide a inside pass rush uh it it just it just adds to everything because if you got good guys off the edge and nobody pushing inside then it creates you know escape lanes for quarterbacks so yeah you know if we can add a guy there at at, uh in this offseason be terrific so, well, I mean, what what in your mind is the the, the number one priority for for the defense this year? Yeah. Is, is, where do you want to improve? What, what has to be better? Yeah. Um, so again, I think it I think it starts and ends with consistency, mm-hmm. you know. And we were just not consistent, and and part of, for whatever reason, there's a variety of reasons why we weren't. Um, uh, you know, not to make excuses, whatever it was, you know, whether it was players coming in and out, coaches not at games because of COVID, you know, all the things that all of us in this league had to deal with. So starts with consistency um, and then starts with doing a, a, a better job of being consistent in the run game, okay? A better job of getting after the quarterback, and that will take care of a lot of ills in the back end uh, because, you know, we finished last in the league in sacks. So if you're not affecting the quarterback these days, you're going to have a tough time. So um, stop the run, be consistent in all levels of our play, and then getting after the quarterback, which in turn will provide more turnover opportunities. Um, you know, And then, again, it's similar to 2019, where if we just catch the ones they throw us, mm-hmm. you know, we, we would have been in the top five this year in interceptions. We just, you know, we, we dropped 12. A lot of them were early, yeah. if I remember yeah. right, early in the so, year. Anyway. So yeah, so those would be the key key things for us. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, this league is um, it's evolving as we all see, um, and yards are being put up at a enormous rate, mm-hmm. um, and keeping people out of the end zone has never been more of a priority. You know, it's always obviously want to keep the score down. Yeah, but. There may be more yards these days, but again, you can never allow the points to get to where it's not acceptable. And I think that the avenues that I just talked about, if we can improve there, it will affect uh, that that uh, scoring defense. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, that's what really what really what matters. You know, yeah, we got more than them at the end of the day. So, you know, when our red zone defense was really good in 2019, it slipped and was better in the second half of the year last year, but. Not where it needed to be, and it, it, it's not funny you mentioned that, but it's appropriate that you mentioned that because the inconsistency. There was there was maybe three games in a row where it looks like oh they they're really doing well in the red zone, and then mm-hmm. there would be a bad game or two. Same with yep. third down, yep. or I mean, pick any category, and it was like yeah. that. So I I know that that's that bugs the coach more than anything. Inconsistency yeah. is it is is that is it more frustrating or is it? 
is there encouragement there that, hey, we've shown we can do it in flashes. Now we just have to sustain it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a little bit of both, you know, um, where you say, hey, you know, hey, we've shown now we can do this against the, you know, our division is a darn good division mm -hmm. in this league. Um, and, um, you know, I think if, if you can do it in spurts, then, hey, we should be able to do this in the long haul. And I think that that's going to be our number one thing that we're, we're pounding home this year is, hey, let's, let's again, consistency. Yeah. That's the, way to, that's the way we have to be. All right, so uh, that was Luana Rumo uh, down in Mobile. Um, we mentioned earlier the story is up on the Q&A with Zach Taylor. Um kind of talking through a number of different things of the processes that are going on right now and you mentioned it i mean there's so much tbd i mean these the, these guys are they're down there they went through filling out the coaching staff in the few weeks after the season which is still figuring itself out and moved on had a week of meetings previewing the senior bowl guys with the personnel staff so that all the coordinators and everybody were in there making sure they had a good awareness of everybody they were going to be seeing and talking to down in Mobile, going through this week in Mobile. They're going to come back, put all that pile together, and start talking about free agency and and a little bit more about the young guys and putting the plan together over the course of the next, remind you, six weeks. Okay? <laughs> like, there's a lot of time until the new league year starts. Now, granted, you have that time to start plugging away at – you know, maybe getting re-signing done with your Carl Lawson, your William Jacksons, all that type of stuff, um, and and make some things happen there. But, I mean, they're just starting to get that that plan going once they get back from Mobile in the next few weeks. Yeah, because if you think about it, they the season ends. They spend a week kind of tying up the season, going over the, the status of the roster of the guys they know that are under contract and coming back. Then – the week after that, it's all about identifying and interviewing coaches. That that very important hire of Frank Pollock. That that whole week leading up to that was all focused on hiring coaches, uh, which they they still have uh, at least one spot to fill. Um, and then and then the week after that, they they took their break. And I, I you know Zach went on on a vacation for a couple of days with his wife to a beach. Everybody got a chance to kind of just relax and decompress and then they spend a week gearing up for the senior bowl so yeah there's there this is when the the zach talked about it being a grind at times in, in mobile this week the the real grind when when they're basically living at paul brown stadium starts next week and that six week ramp up to the start of the new league year yeah a lot going on and then they'll be trying to figure out how to do combine without combine and figure out what pro days are going to look like and, and all of that type of stuff that's kind of TBD, waiting to find out what the salary cap is going to look like. The other part of, you know, how can you make a plan? You know, you look at across the league, you know, a lot of teams put their GMs and owner types out there to have conversation. I'm kind of jealous when I get to see other teams get to talk to those type of people <laughs> uh, in Zoom interviews after the season ends. But all the topics of all of those are the same, and that is – you know, we're kind of all sitting, twisting in the wind, waiting on this cap. You know, everybody's sort of sitting on, waiting on that. Is You know, there's a thought that, okay, there's some negotiating happening and maybe the cap won't go down as much and they don't want it to go down as much this year and and, and know there's going to be more revenue coming in future years and maybe it won't go down to 175. Maybe it'll be 185. Maybe it'll be 190. You know, there, there's a big difference between – the cap being 175 and 190 or 198 again. Like, 
So knowing what that is is a big part of this too to to really have a feeling for how everything plays out. So um, that's sitting that's sitting out there to 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 put all these plans together. But um, other stuff, you know, that that anything else from from Zach that kind of kind of stuck out before we bring in some of the extras from his conversation. Um, one thing I talked to him about, and because I noticed this, and and I talked to Brian Callahan too. They, I thought. It was interesting. It, it, the, the Senior Bowl is at a new stadium this year. It's a nice stadium. And it actually has luxury boxes and suites. And every team had it, their own suite. And the coaches are up there. But I noticed Brian Callahan and, and Zach were sitting in the end zone seats um, down at the end where the, the offensive line um, position and individual drills were being done. And – I thought that was a clear indication that they are totally focused on the offensive line and that's all they care about. And they, and they were just talk. It was interesting that Zach was talking about how, um, first of all, Brian loves offensive line. His dad's one of the best, the best offensive line coaches in the league. And when they're down there, they can hear the play calls. So they know what run is coming. So they know exactly what to look for. Um, you in these practices, when they split up into position groups, you can't watch everything. And now they get the film and they can go back and watch. So Brian was solely focused on offensive line. Zach pretty much was. But he, he mentioned, too, that if you're sitting in the end zone, you, you can see them all. There's three levels. So you can you can see the O-line, D-line working. And then you can kind of glance a little bit beyond that and see the tight ends and the linebackers. And then beyond that, you see the, the quarterbacks um throwing for the one-on-ones with the receivers and the DB so they can they can all they can kind of see it all but just the fact that they were sitting in the end zone I I thought that this is it this is all the focus is on offensive line and he he talked about how that's not really case kind of why they position themselves there but but for sure for Brian Callahan that I mean this this is a big deal this is getting the offensive line fixed. We, no, this is no secret. We talked about this since even before the season ended, but um, there, there are a, a number of prospects in Dane Brugler's top 100 that are in the senior bowl, maybe, maybe more linemen than any other position group. Take cornerback, for example. Uh, uh, Dane has nine corners in his top 100, and only one of them is playing in the senior bowl. Most of those top corners are underclassmen. There's a, there's a lot of quality offensive linemen that are seniors that are that are in mobile this week that are going to be worth that are worth watching for the coaches this week and for fans that are that interested to to watch the game on saturday very interesting nugget morrison very interesting no the, no, the, the sitting in the offense uh, si- the, the offensive coordinator and the head coach sitting i know those spots mm-hmm. Th- that is where the offensive line coaches sit yeah that every single year in right there in the end zone is the league's offensive line coaches scattered about every single year. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, and, and it's true though. I mean, if you're, if you, I feel like when you're just, no, you're just going to watch the film on some of the guys, you quarterbacks, receivers, all the stuff out in space, honestly, the wider views that you get from the film are maybe even better uh, you can really, you can still get the same feel, but you can't, re- you you cannot get the same feel of power, grit, nasty, right? Trash talking, yep. you know, all that stuff that you can see and kind of even feel a little bit when you're down there on field level. And I think 
you know that that makes that makes sense. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the, the, they're definitely taking an <laughs> offensive lineman. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but I do think that there is value in in seeing something. They may be positions that they're focused on while they're down there in Mobile. Good nugget. Um, let's bring in some of the extras that you can obviously read. The, a good majority of the Q and A is up on the site right now. We highly recommend if you're not a subscriber, please do. I believe we're still at $3.99 a month. Great deal is going on. Um, just go and click on the link to the store, and you can subscribe there. Uh, if you're already a subscriber, thank you. Always love having you along. Um, that story is up now. But here's a little bit of extras for you from Jay's conversation with Zach Taylor. I mean, it's this is a grind now. This is yeah. This is different than anything we've ever anybody's ever done. It's it's normally at the senior. I mean, at the combine, the players. I mean, a great player might have 25 out of 32 teams request them because you only get 60, so you can't request for everybody. So they might have 25, but it's over three days. And so, worst case scenario, they got nine in one day and their 15-minute interviews and stuff. These guys here, they got 16 in one night, and then they got 16 the next night, and it's from 7 to 11. And then it's not the combine where they just, the next day they got to go get pulled on, you know, for medical. They have to right. practice, yeah. you know, and have meetings and so it's a grind for us. It's a grind for these kids to go yeah. practice, meet all day, new offense, you're nervous, go practice, and then go meet from 7 to 11 at night. It's tough. Is there a deterioration of the quality of the interviews from I like 7? last night at about 10.50, uh, <laughs> our, our guy was feeling it, you know, and, and he was doing a good job battling through it. But, you know, they, they can't remember what team they're with at that point. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, we asked a kid about Jesse Bates, and all of a sudden he starts looking right. He's like, oh, my God, I'm with the Bengals. You know, I didn't oh, even think yeah. about it, you know. And, <laughs> Uh, it's it's just these kids are just put through the gauntlet, but it, it's helpful for them. It's helpful for us. Um, you know, it usually doesn't unfold this this cleanly here, this formally at the Senior Bowl. Usually, it's a little more informal, and this is this has been a great great deal for us. Yeah. Do, I mean, what what is the mission of those interviews for you? What are... Just just again, one more bit of information. The first time you get to sit face to face, get a feel for their personality, um, ask them some specific scheme questions. Not not to. Not to get too far into it, but just hear them talk ball a little bit. What do they? You can you can quickly get a feel for this guy. Understand ball? Can he can he articulate it? Sometimes that's not important based on the position, but but for some it is. You like to get a little feel for that. So then, as you call their position coach from college, you kind of have a little more information on what you need to dig into. Hey, this guy really struggled when I was talking about this. Can you give me any reason why that might be? Yeah. Um, and maybe have some background information on the kid you want to explore medically or personally off the field. And, and so it's, it's, I enjoy talking to all these kids. Yeah. When you have a position like quarterback where you've already got Joe in place, yeah. and is, it, is it almost like you're going through the motions no. with those no, guys? No, you're, you're always, A, you're always looking to improve your roster. Okay. And so if there's a guy that's, that's the right fit at the right point, you, you, you know, you always have to be open to that at any, at any position. And then, um, secondly, you're going to play against these guys. Yeah. And so you want to know how they think and how they talk. And, and uh, the more information you can gain about guys that may be playing in this league for a long time, the better. So That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So you, I mean, free agency four years down the road, three years down the road. Or maybe they're with the team for two years and they get released. Man, I really liked talking to that kid. He was about the right stuff. You know, maybe just doesn't work out for him, change the scenery. There's a lot of reasons why you want to have notes on these kids, you know, whether you're taking them now or two, three, four years from now. Yeah. I asked the scouts about that yesterday where, you know, when they're, when they're, if it's a, a guy that's going into free agency, he's been in the league four or five years, you go back to the, 
the notes of him coming out of college and those interviews, he, you know, sinks so much water under the bridge, and they say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You go back and look at everything. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you just remember. I mean, it got me yeah. such an impression on you, especially quarterbacks. That's, that's what I've done for the last 15 years is talk to quarterbacks. So you were, I don't need notes on the quarterbacks. I can right. remember every conversation <laughs> I've had with every quarterback and, uh, because you spent so much time studying the guy, and, and so it's easy to know. But Oh, you, with position, like the position coaches are – you know, drilling down on their group and they're watching everything yeah. possible and you can't do that you, you trust them but what like when you're watching film or what what do you focus on you, you, the top guys no you, we, we will we'll go through every player but we you will. personally and yeah we because because we do that in the draft meeting so over, over two days we may watch every d tackle mm. you know and every, everybody who's potentially in the draft and we may have already done that in the defensive staff room. Hey guys, let's, these next two days, we're going to watch all the D tackles. We'll go and watch them and then go to the scouts and do it. Say, all right, hey, Wednesday and Thursday, we're going to watch all the D tackles. So you get a chance to watch them again. And so then, and then that's, that could be in March, you know. And then yeah. so in April, as you really, again, Duke's kind of sifting through the whole thing, you may, hey, let's go back and watch these five guys. You know, either we don't see them the same way or we just, we want to make sure what we, believed in we, we see again you know watching them two weeks later again and um, so you spend a lot of time because free agency really ends you know once uh, middle of march whatever it is and so you get you have plenty of time to just make sure we're, we're doing right by the draft yeah it's fun i mean you, you, I, I feel like last year those prospects that came through we all knew inside and out and so we knew we were drafting a guy we knew everything about him we believed in him we knew this is the guy we wanted, and there were plenty of other guys we would have, we would have loved to have taken too. Mm-hmm. You know that, that hey, maybe Logan was there, but we like this other guy that was three, four, or five picks later. Yeah. We would have been loved to have had as well. So, um, just felt really good about um, the approach to the draft, our ownership of these prospects, and we'll feel the same way as this offseason gets going. I'm, I'm very confident. In that. When you were talking about this being a grind, I mean, I guess you you, you probably figured last year was going to be. The- the, the harder, more in labor-intensive yeah. process of coaching down. Is it actually more this year, even though you're not coaching the game, just because it is? Um, maybe not. No. <laughs> you know, when you're getting a practice plan ready and running yeah. games and, and on the field practice, and that, that takes a lot of your time. And uh, so, no, I'd, I'd have a hard time saying that this is this is more intense than that. It's still a grind, though. I mean, what do you guys – you're at the stadium for, what, five, five and a half hours? Yeah. And four hours, you what, got to come home and eat in an hour and a half? And yeah. I don't, sitting in the stands watching football is not a grind for me. Okay. You know, that's that's relaxing. It's fun. Mm. You get to have conversations with with guys you're around. And, you know, hey, hey, number three's up again. You know, make sure you're watching this one on one down here. You okay. know? So, like Brian's watching the O line, D line. We're all sitting there watching it. You know, we got eyes on the other guys that are happening, so we can all make sure we're watching and seeing the same thing and making sure we're not missing somebody who's maybe having a good day that we want to focus in on more the next day. Um, so that part. Yeah, it's a grind set in middle bleachers, you know, and the back hurts by the end of the fifth hour, but but it is fun. I enjoy it. My leg falls asleep when I sit on metal <laughs> it's, it's, not, on metal. it's not the most comfortable thing. Yeah. But, but what, what are the suites like? Did you, did you go up there at all? Um, yeah, it's just <clears throat> yeah, just like sitting behind. You know, it's mm. it's kind of always what I've done in the combine, watching quarterbacks throw. You know, yeah. you get a chance to see those guys interact also when the reps are over. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the linemen are standing back there talking to the coach, and you can hear them, you know, pretty good. That's what I love watching nine on seven. You can hear the line calls, so you know what runs coming. So oh, okay. if you're trying to watch the left guard or the right tackle, oftentimes you can hear the mic point, the call, and there's yeah. similar calls maybe to what other people use in the league. And so you know, hey, when they're on wide zone on the left, let's watch this backside B with the guard and the tackle. Mm. You know, and, and so 
it's great when you can actually hear the falls down there. Okay, so that's kind of a run through of conversations with scouts and coaches and the boots on the ground there in Mobile. Um, hope everybody enjoyed that stuff. With um, a cameo from Stevie Wonder and ABBA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I, mean, I sat down with uh, Zach in the, the, the hotel the hotel restaurant and there was no way around it the music was playing over and then magically the the restaurant closed and they turned off the music and so it was i was wondering how that was going to play over the over the recorder while we were talking and it, it's it, it's faint you can you can hear it but it's it's just interesting i was i was waiting for some sort of song while i was waiting to meet zach fleetwood mac came on uh, don't stop thinking about tomorrow um, <laughs> yesterday's gone. I was like, Oh my gosh, this would be perfect. If, if we had this interview while or if we had this song playing while we were doing the interview, but, um, yeah, it was very appreciative of all those guys, uh, of being willing to, to sit down with me and talk about what's going on with the team. Yeah. To sit close to you, close enough to you to hear you. Yeah. Right? True. I mean, in this, it's, it, I can only imagine how refreshing it must have felt to look another interviewing per, uh, just to look in the eyes of a person <laughs> you were interviewing. Like, what is that like? What is that like? I can't imagine. I, you're, you're bringing a tear to my eye, not only talking about <laughs> looking eye to eye at people, but now I just, I, I almost am wistful of the days when I would listen to a locker room interview and hear the most just disgusting gangster rap uh, <laughs> happening in the background where you're like what are they talking about not that I, I i love hip-hop but there are some songs that would happen in the bagels locker room that were really kind of just really kind of wrong and uh but you always you always knew that you could hear that in the background of an interview you're like oh the days where you had songs in the backgrounds of interviews instead of just the sound of your chair squeaking and your dog barking <laughs> Uh, Shout out too to the Dolphins. Speaking of songs at practice, the Panthers played that a lot of that gangster rap that you were mentioning. But some of it was it was foul enough that they that a lot of it was bleeped out. the uh, The Dolphins ran the gambit. They, they had a lot of rap, but then all of a sudden a Metallica song comes on in the middle of practice, oh, just and then for you, Jay. and then Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Was, I was very. I was I almost told Zach that you know you need to you need to take a cue from the Dolphins and and mix up the, like, the song list for practice. See if Marion Hobby has some access to the Dolphins yes, playlist. Exactly, and pull that thing out. Now I I don't want to come off as anti-rap and hip hop. I mean I no, think I if there's anything that I've established myself as it's that. I just remember the days of hearing a lot of cursing while I'm trying to listen <laughs> to a conversation. Um, but anyway, uh, let's let's dive a little few little bit into players and then we'll do some Twitter QA and the growler bet real quick. Um players, Bengals, fits, names that were on the mind a lot. Uh what do you what do you kind of think? Yeah, so you you written you wrote about this where probably a day three running back and one of the things that I, I think fits them well and, and fits a lot of teams now because you, you talk about the wear and tear on these guys. Um, and it's, we, we saw it last year with Antonio Gibson, who Zach Taylor admitted he didn't even know who he was before he coached him at the senior bowl. It didn't get a lot of touches in college and he comes in and has this great year for Washington. Um, th there's a couple running backs that are that in that boat where they, they have shared the, the workload at their, at their college and, and they're in the senior bowl. Now one's Michael Carter from North Carolina, um, his, his teammate, Javante Williams, they, they, they had one, Williams had 157 carries, Carter had 156. Um, 
but but Carter had the better year, but Williams is viewed as the better prospect. Carter could be one of those day three guys that could be a real steal. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Another one is Elijah Mitchell from Louisiana. Um, I know from the coaches I talked to, they were, they thought he was really impressive in, in the practices. Um, he's a guy that split carries last year. Um, at wide receiver, I think obviously a Jamar Chase, a deep threat is something that is top of mind. But let's not forget Alex Erickson is, is a free agent and not saying that they've ruled him out. I mean, he may be back. But you, you need to look long term. And, and so when when that comes down, you start looking at wide receivers that are down there that are also either established or can be good punt returners. And a couple of those guys to watch, Amari Rogers from Clemson, um, Kadarius Toney from, from Florida, and then a, a real sleeper, uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. That's not, that's not going to be someone they're going to target early, but it could be a back of the draft kind of guy. If, if you guys, any of the listeners are going to watch the – the senior bowl on, on Saturday, those are some guys to maybe keep an eye on, not only how they play at wide receiver, but if they get any chances to return kicks or punts. I mean, Kadarius Tony is, is legit. Yes. <laughs> He's crazy. I mean, he, the, the, the tape going around where they run Tony highlights next to Dante Hall highlights to show the compare. <laughs> I mean, the, the old human joystick. I mean, that's Kadarius Tony. Um, and you know, I, you never know that the thing is, and you see so many good receivers. To me, this was my takeaway in some of the practices and conversations and the names that are keep coming up. The people are like, oh, look at this. There's just so many damn receivers. Mm-hmm. There are so many good receivers. And that's what this league is becoming. That's what college football is, is just a plethora of really good, talented receivers that you can get later in the later in the draft. There's just gonna be so many. Talking about this draft now might top you know uh, uh the, the the last one uh, as far as generational there can we keep calling them generational <laughs> receiver drafts where they happen every other year i mean it's that's just what the game is now the best athletes play receiver they they have they have skills at this level that they haven't always had because of the rise of seven on seven ball everything about the way football has moved in the last five to ten years it has made it so there are just tons of receivers, tons of talented receivers out there. And always keep that in mind, and I, I always try to keep that in mind when we go nuts on the Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle conversation. Those guys are rare, but just keep in mind how many good receivers are found also in the backs of these drafts and just how many, when you look at the Senior Bowl, the number of names you can rip off, the number of highlights you can watch from these practices of dudes with real skills. To me, that was one of my biggest takeaways of the Senior Bowl is like just ripping off all these receiver names again. It's like, man, it's going to be another one of those uh, where you can find lots of great receivers all up and down this draft with different skill sets. Uh, Who else? I was going to say that can kind of bring me to my degenerate betting tip. All right, let's go. (laughs) Do it. Let's get it in there. Okay, you're right. There are great receivers all over the field. There's no one to throw it to them. The the quarter <laughs> the quarterbacks in this senior bowl, ugh, it's I mean, there's Mac Jones, and then uh, none of the other quarterbacks are probably gonna be drafted before the fifth round. It's Newman? I Newman. mean, maybe, but he, <laughs> I, it's just he, I, the tip is bet the under. Because I don't yeah. know that I don't know that there's a solid quarterback 
beyond Mac Jones. And, you know, Ian Book is okay, but I, I don't I don't see any of those guys being, you know, certainly not day one or two guys and, and maybe not even round four. So it's it every year it's, it's a little different down there. You know, Zach that Zach and the Bengals didn't have a lot of great offensive players beyond Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts last year. Um and, and it just it, it seems like this year that the, the main guys that are going to help you put up points, the quarterbacks, um, you know, Felipe Franks, uh, who's the the younger brother of um, Jordan, Franks. Jordan Franks, the, the, the Bengals practice squad tight end for he's gone now, but he was with the Bengals for a while. Um, there's there's guys that that are notable from from their college games, but they, they just don't look like they, they're going to translate into to really good pro quarterbacks and it it could be a defensive slog on saturday all right let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor victorinox the makers of the original swiss army knife have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges mastering functionality innovation iconic design and uncompromising quality with its products the victorinox swiss army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I have to make sure before we move on to Twitter questions that we give love to Quinn Miners and his beautiful Wisconsin belly. And glorious hair. And glorious hair. Uh, Interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater. Speaking of glorious hair, home of touchdown Jesus, Jake Kumaro. Um, But Quinn Miners has been a beast down there and he wears wears his belly exposed and he's just out there owning dudes. (laughs) Great. It is, there's something very primal about him that just is easy to fall in love with. Your offensive line coach is old, grizzled. Because let's be honest, if you're a good offensive line coach, you're grizzled. Uh, old, grizzled offensive line coach, loving it. Loving he's, it. He's going to get some sort of, once he gets drafted, he's going to get some sort of endorsement. I don't know what it what it's going to be, but he's he's building his brand by, by standing out for more than just his play during Senior Bowl week. SPF 80 for your belly. Let's do it. That's what you need. Uh, love it. So that's uh, keep an eye if you if you're enjoy if you're watching the game. Keep keep an eye. On, although they, they might make him pull his jersey down for the game, but uh, I have enjoyed his practice style. Um, let's take a couple of Twitter questions, and then we'll get to a special Super Bowl Bengals growler bet for you. Uh, I mentioned we we talked about the Baguette Disco interior defensive line question before, so we'll skip over that. I got two more. This one from Tyrone Thomas, something we briefly mentioned earlier. Uh, Tyrone asking when they hire the running backs coach, and when will they hire the running backs coach? And is Zach trying to get his brother on board? Uh, Jay, what's your where are you at with this running backs coach thing? Yeah, they the, the favorite is Gary Brown. Um, been in the league for a long time. 
uh, did not coach last year, um, battling cancer for the second time. Um, they're they're going to really drill down on the interviews once they get back from Mobile. I would expect the the running backs coach to be hired at some point next week, maybe early in the week. Um, Gary Brown has has been in this league. He's got connections to the Bengals um, right now. He his first job was in Cleveland. After Cleveland, he went to Dallas. And the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach there was Bill Callahan, who's Brian Callahan's father. And the assistant offensive line coach was Frank Pollock, who is now the Bengals offensive line coach. And then after Bill Callahan left um, two years later, then then Frank was the offensive line coach and Gary was the running back coach. And, and Gary has been a, a really good running back coach in this league. Um, I've actually I've got some stats on Gary I'm Brown. stunned. I'm <laughs> stunned that Jay has stats on this. And they won't be sad. They I will, think they'll actually be good. They'll only be sad if uh, Gary Brown doesn't come to the Bengals. I right. Guess. They're they're speculative. So maybe that would be the sad part if, if he doesn't end up being the coach. But in, in his season's coaching, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years as a running back coach in the NFL, his running back has set a career high in rushing yards in six of those. And in four that they didn't, it was just because they had already done it. So what I'm talking about there, Peyton Hillis, the old white running back from Cleveland that got on the cover of Madden. um, Yeah, from Central Arkansas. Yeah. I covered, a little nugget, I covered Peyton Hillis in high school. Wow. Was he yes. was he that good? I mean, I assume yes. so if he goes into the NFL. Yeah, and- this was him at a small high school in Arkansas. My first year out of school in, back in 2004, he was the star running back in the little school that I covered, went down there and played him, and he ran over some kids, okay? <laughs> he was a beast, and he, and he went on to uh, Central Arkansas. Sorry, just no. random nugget from my brain. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so Hillis comes in. He runs for eleven hundred seventy-seven yards under Gary, not and not just under Gary Brown, but I mean, running back coach is a big part of it. Um, the next year, Hillis only runs for five eighty-seven because he only played ten games. He got hurt. Uh, Trent Richardson, who by all account was a flame out first round pick in the NFL, but under Gary Brown as a rookie, ran for nine fifty. That was his. That ended up being his career high. And then Gary Brown goes to Dallas. Demarco Murray. 1,121 in his first year with Gary Brown, then 1,645 his next year. Then Darren McFadden comes in, runs for 1,089. That, that ended up being his the second highest of his career. And then they draft Zeke, and Zeke runs for 1,600 as a rookie. Um, obviously, that's still his career high. The next year, only 983 because he was hurt with 10 games. And then the two years after that with Gary Brown, Zeke runs for 1,434 and 1,357. So a a bona fide track record with Gary Brown. Um, the health thing is a concern. Um, there, there's other candidates that, that could interview really well, but uh, he's the leader in the clubhouse right now to get the job. Yeah. I mean, combining Gary Brown with Frank Pollock has to make you think that maybe that could be what you need. Uh, obviously, maybe adding a couple offensive linemen as well to get the running game back where it needs to be and getting Joe Mixon back into that conversation as one of the best running backs in the league, something that they sorely need as well. So it's kind of a, a answer to your question there. Next question, a run passer booter. Always shout out to those that drop run passer boot questions on us. You can always feel free to do that. Uh, this one from Andre Edwards, run passer boot. The Bengals' first free agent signing will be 
one of their own, a big name free agent, or a second wave, second, third wave complimentary piece type. Where do you now in the past, you would immediately put the second wave guy to the top of the list. <laughs> uh, you know, that was always the way. Um, this year, uh, we because we saw so much different last year, we know they have some big name free agents of their own. I'll let you go first, Jay. Well, I mean these 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 three options are are kind of slotted already by by time frame. I mean, if they if they sign one of their own, it's probably going to be before the league the new league year in March seven on March seventeenth. I could imagine them extending Carl Lawson or William Jackson, you know, the weekend before free agency begins. Now. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe those guys want to test the market. The Bengals want to let them test the market, see where the where the the dollars fall. But I'll run with that. I, I think they they lock up one of those guys, probably Carl Lawson, um, before the the new league year even kicks off. Um, a- after that, even though it would happen later, I'll still go with a second wave type of guy. Um, not sure. Maybe. They they get a an offensive lineman or that that is a high dollar guy on the first day or second day of free agency, but I I think more than likely they're gonna they're gonna get bargains there and and um I'll, I'll pass on that I'll boot the the big name the big the big dollar free agent spending being the first I just I I, I don't know I just don't see that happening with the the possibility of signing one of their own before the the clock even starts ticking. Okay, well, I'm going to run with the big name. Hmm. Uh, and, and here's here's why. I just think William and Carl are going to want to see the market. They've come this far. The idea of accepting the Bengals' offer before free agency even begins to see what happens, I don't see that happen. I think that the I think Will and Carl will be in the first few days mix like everybody else, but I don't see them willingly taking themselves off the board to stay here before hearing what all the other teams have to say. Uh, now, there's a chance that in that time frame that that is still the who the Bengals signed first, so it, it's close to me. Uh, but I'll say big name other. I'll pass on one of their own, and I'll boot the complimentary piece. I think they're going to – to me, it's going to be somebody, whether it's Will or Carl or uh, another big name offensive lineman or whatever. Um, I think that's going to be what comes off first. I do think they will sign somebody for between ten and fifteen million dollars, maybe two guys for between ten and fifteen million dollars, um, and that those are the guys that will happen early. Now, will it be both guys that they've already had before? Well, I don't know. Maybe. I think it's free agency, man. It's wild. Um, so and we'll and we'll see. And I do think you know when you talk to Lou, uh, there we always hear optimism this time of year with free agent guys and talk about how much they like them. We do hear that a lot, and we've seen it blown up in the past. I will never forget. I went. I took the cheese on the Andrew Whitworth off season, <laughs> where there, I mean there was every person you talked to made it sound like there is no freaking way they would ever let Andrew Whitworth get out the door. And it turns out. Uh, it was a little different on the inside of how they really felt that there was maybe some nice language being said out there. So I'm not going to take the cheese on that necessarily, okay? Again, learn from my mistakes. But, um, you know, a lot of optimism, I think, around being able to bring back Will Jackson or Carl Lawson 
shoot, maybe even both, but, you know, certainly optimism that one of those guys can be back in the fold. Yeah, it, the, the Whitworth, it wasn't, not only did they let him get out the door, they kind of pushed him with a, with a low ball offer, an insulting right, despite offer. Right, an exact opposite of everything mm. that had been said over the top in every single setting over in the months leading up to that. I'll never forget that. One of my, one of my, I felt like one of my biggest, I, I'll go ahead and hit at the therapy couch here. What I felt like one of my biggest mistakes as a reporter that I've made on this beat Live was taking the cheese on what I was told um, on Andrew, on the Andrew Whitworth situation. Never again. Don't believe him. Everyone's <laughs> lying in free agency time. Everyone's lying. All right. Bengals growler bet. For those of you that have earned it by sticking around, or those of you that scroll to the end anytime there's a growler, but I know you're out there. It's okay. Uh, we've got a fun one for you. You know, thanks to BetMGM, we've got our new our new hookup. Play some bets, but we've got our own this time because we're gonna get. If you want the delicious fifty USB, remember you can send me an email, pdaner at theathletic.com with growler in the subject header, or you can hit us up on Twitter. Use hashtag Bengals Growler Bet, all one word, part of your hashtag, hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter, and we will see it in the column, and you can put your answer, one submission only. Uh, here is the growler bet. It's a Super Bowl one, so you got you to gotta wait a week. Here it is. You got to get within four seconds of the snap. Time of snap of the last touchdown of the Super Bowl. When will the last touchdown of the Super Bowl occur? You need that. We need a time of game. So if you think it's going to be a walk off, you're going to say two seconds. Two seconds left in the fourth quarter will be your answer for the Bengals growler bet. Uh, so you can send that again. P. Daner at theathletic.com or use hashtag Bengals Growler Bet to us on Twitter. Uh, all right, Jay, do you have a guess? I do. I love this guess and I hope it comes true. Okay. Seven minutes and seven seconds remaining in overtime. Overtime. I forgot about overtime. It's going to be a classic game. The only other Super Bowl that went to overtime, the winning quarterback was Tom Brady. Uh, maybe he pulls it off again. Maybe Patrick Mahomes goes down. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping. I love the idea of Super Bowl overtime. I'm, I'm hoping that that it works out that way. And if it does, I, I think both these teams' offenses are aggressive enough where they're they're not going to play for that field goal and give the other team a chance. It's 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 going to end with a touchdown early in overtime. See, here's the thing. I th I think what you can see there's there's a decent amount of faith. In the kickers. And I think that's going to play into this, right? Where a field goal at the end can win it. Put yourself in position for a field goal, not not necessarily going for the touchdown. It's possible. It's always possible. You never know. So I'm tempted to go in the like seven, eight minute range of regulation and then thinking that you'll see a field goal at the end. But I, you know what? I, I want to bet for, I want to root for something I want to see too. I'm going to say 122 in the fourth quarter. Is the last touchdown. 122 in the fourth quarter is the last touchdown of the game. That is my guess. And I'm not making people say who scores it. Maybe I yeah. should. Should I? 
Should I make it harder? Should I be sadistic, nun? Yeah, we I think you should. Who? Everybody has a Super Bowl pick, so yeah, you should. All right. I need the team. I'm saying Kansas City with 122. I'll say Tampa Bay. Never bet against Tom. Never bet against Tom. All right, so we now need your team and time in order to win the delicious 50 West beer, the growler. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we will be back next week as we continue to take a look uh, at where the Bengals are at with free agency, with their roster, so many other topics to get to. Some other a story I've got coming out next week I'm very excited about. We're going to have a little bit more insight into that. Uh, and so a lot going on. We will be back next week. Thanks everybody for listening to The Growler. Have a good one, everyone.